Hey there, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David, your host. On today's episode, we have Dane Pieri of Marvina. Uh, Dane's a good friend of mine with an early stage cannabis startup that is sort of like a birch box for, for cannabis. It's a subscription service that delivers to your house uh, once a month, depending on how much you want. Uh, they recently opened up edibles, and, and we're going to talk about bunch of different stuff, how he sets up the supply, demand, his relationship with the dispensaries, uh, how do you get users, and uh, most importantly, why you should trust his taste in picking strains of cannabis for you every month. It's a great episode. Uh, stick around. Listen up. Welcome to the very first episode of Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Super excited today to have our very first guest on the program, Dane Pieri of Marvina. Thanks hey, for Dane, having me. how you doing? Great. You're very welcome. Thanks for being on the show, taking mm-hmm. this little ride with us. Of course. Uh, why don't you start by just telling us what Marvina is? Yeah, so the best way to describe uh, Marvina is that it's a lot like a wine club, but for uh, medical cannabis. So every month we put together an assortment of strains. Uh, we, we try to feature more rare and boutique strains. And so we put together three or four of those, and then we deliver them to our customers uh, here in the Bay Area every month. And you're curating, you're selecting the strains? Yeah, uh, we've, we've partnered with a local uh, dispensary. Um, so together, together with the dispensary owner, we put together the assortments every month. Um, I mean, the general parameters, like I said, are just trying to expose people to, to strains that they probably haven't had before, uh, to try to educate people or expand their horizons or just because we think it's more interesting than just, you know, Blue Dream and Girl Scout cookies every month. Totally. And there's like 57 different kinds of Blue Dream. Like, how do you, how do you even know what you're getting? Well, yeah. I mean, at this stage, Blue Dream has been around for so long that you don't even know if you're buying Blue Dream, whether it is the real Blue Dream or Blue Dream number 27. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So who's the kind of person that, that would sign up for Marvina? Uh, well, we think that it's people who, you know, love cannabis, but don't don't love the experience of going to a dispensary. and for whatever reason, either because they don't want to or they haven't had taken the time to, they're not experts on cannabis, so they don't they don't under, they don't know you know all the strains uh, like you know like a, like a connoisseur would, and so they just want us to choose interesting strains for them and educate them every month. Yeah, so I, you're selecting the strains. Do you you sign up and you pick a sativa heavy or an indica heavy? Yes. Take me through the process. Yeah, so you sign up. Um, well, the first thing that you choose. Uh, this is relatively new is you choose whether you want just flowers every month or if you want a mixture of flowers and edibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second thing you choose is the size. So whether you want seven grams, uh, 14 or 28 grams a month. And then we, we sort of explain how many joints that is to, to give people a frame of reference. Yep. And then, yeah, the next choice is uh, sativa or indica. Um, the default is sativa because uh, for the most part, if somebody doesn't know whether they prefer sativa or indica, they probably pr- prefer sativa. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just for reference, uh, sativa is, um, a lot of people would describe sativa as what makes you high and, and indica makes you stoned. Uh, so indica would be, is great for pain relief, but it also can you know make you tired and uh, good for curing insomnia, but not something that you necessarily want to uh, use if you're going you know, you know, to go out and about. A lot of pain relief, right? It's people kind of at the end of the day trying to relax versus yeah. sativa is the kind of Yeah, upper, or if you have, if you have you know, chronic pain issues, then... Uh, you know, you probably want to try try some indicas and just figure out what your dose is and 
and go from there. Mm-hmm. So I go to Marvina.com and I sign up. What What's the next step? Uh, so after you, you choose those, you schedule your first delivery. And well, and also you upload your doctor's recommendation and ID, of course, so that we can uh, validate that before your delivery. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then your, you know, your delivery comes up and uh, you get a text message when your driver's on the way. And then you get a text message when they're there and you get your box. Amazing. And I'm looking at the box right now. It's pretty cool. It's got a black, uh, black coloring to it. Marvina logo. You open it up. You got your collection for the month, depending on how much you chose, as well as an edible and some really nice descriptions. Green ribbon, alpha blue, uh, kind of the effects, happy, pungent pine. Uh, it gives you a little description of them. Um, how important to you is that? I mean, some people, I think they just want their cannabis now as opposed to some people that look at it more like wine, right? And there's undernotes and flavors mm-hmm. and how much did that factor into what you built? Oh, that's really, that's very important. So uh, we call those our tasting notes so that they're very much inspired by the tasting notes that you'd find on a wine or on a coffee. Um, and I mean, that's a, that's a core part of what we're doing. We're trying to elevate cannabis to a new level uh, of appreciation and uh, try, just, well, partly we're try, trying to get people to take cannabis more seriously. And we think that if we draw these analogies to wine and coffee, uh, perhaps pe- people will take it more seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it's great for the experience in general, um, rather than just saying, "Here's this," uh, you know, it'll get you stoned. Well, here's this; it has notes of um, pine and rubber and and soil, and you know, it's probably a good late afternoon strain. What's and a note of rubber? What, what does that taste like? I mean, it's uh, slightly <laughs> chemically type of taste and i mean um it's one of those words that people use in wine that you know sort of sounds kind of gross but i guess it's a good way of describing a scent for sure it doesn't taste like rubber yeah so in california i think the industry is still relatively immature so i always find it interesting kind of the like semi-legal nature of the business and how you set something like this up can you talk about like the first few days of marvina and and how you get started well, it was a long process. I mean, if you want me to start from the beginning in 2013. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so my, my background is mostly in uh, technology and design. Uh, I have a fairly standard tech background doing design at a couple of different startups here in the Bay Area. But in two, uh, one day I just woke up and realized that what's happening in, in cannabis is really fascinating from so many different perspectives, from a business history perspective, from social change social social justice and also just a branding and marketing perspective like so many things so many fascinating things are happening in this decade that we're in right now and i realized i just wanted to be a part of that i had no experience with cannabis at that point so i just started teaching myself i uh, bought a bunch of books and read them started going to conferences talking to business owners and doing everything that i could to educate myself and just try to find problem find find holes and find problems with the industry that i thought that i could help help out with mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, that was around 2013 and then started more formulating the Marvina idea last summer. And it was mostly based on my experiences going to dispensaries in California for the first time and my experiences with that. And, you know, how I, I felt that it was a very intimidating process and really wasn't, really wasn't the type of retail experience that I thought should exist. And so that sort of led to all the, all that led to the ideas behind Marvina. 
And what was the original question? Yeah, I mean, you go to these dispensaries and there's a big security guard at the yeah. door. Right? So th there's all, all those things. Um, it's a very old, it's very old fashioned retail experience. It's kind of like uh, buying groceries before, you know, the modern supermarket was invented right. in the 1920s. Right. So everything's behind the counter. If you want to see something, you have to ask somebody to show it to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for somebody who's, who's new to cannabis or just uncomfortable with this whole new brave new world of legal cannabis, that can be really intimidating to try to have to make a decision with somebody staring you down and also and potentially a line behind, behind you. you. Yeah. yeah. Especially on a Friday, mm -hmm. there's going to be, you know, five people who are impatient behind you. So you got to make a decision quickly. So didn't, I didn't like that. And then also just going, I mean, it's, it's great that here in California, we have menus that have 30 different strains on them. But if you're not an expert, that becomes more of a problem than a feature. Mm. You're dealing with a lot of choice overload there. Uh, for me, I also have that same experience, you know, at the, in the wine aisle of a Safeway. Just trying to pick a wine is, uh, I mean, what I do is I just choose something that has a nice label and costs around $12. Totally, yeah. You, you go for price first, which may or may not be an implication of quality. Yeah, and then I, I look for something that has a nice label because, well, if I don't know anything else about it, I might as well get one that looks nice. And that's a pretty bad search criteria. And the same thing exists in cannabis, and it doesn't help that the the strain names are completely useless and not not helpful at all. Right, right. Um, so we decided, you know, well, why don't we just take all that off people's shoulders and, for one, deliver it to your house, and two, choose the strains for you, and uh, you know, us put in the effort to to find the good strains, and you know, you trust us to find them and give them to you and educate you about it. I guess that begs the question: Why should a new patient trust you? Well, I mean, that is a good question. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you know, our, our, all of our existing customers have been, have been super happy with the experience. And, um, you know, for some of them, it's the, it's the delivery that they like. For some of them, it's the, the packaging and the, the more premium experience. And, but for a lot of people, it's just, uh, it's just the exposure to these new strains. Um, people, people like getting out of this rut. Uh, a lot of people talk about, getting stuck, you know, just ordering, ordering blue dream every single time, because it's the easy way to go because, you know, it's probably going to be pretty good. Right. They know or, what they're getting. Yeah. Or something. And because we also, because we feature more rare and boutique strains, um, some people have, have said that they, they liked Marvina because they just got sick of the menu at their, you know, at their go-to dispensary. They, things rotate in and out a lot and they, mm -hmm. you know, they quickly had, had tried everything. And we, so we exposed them to things that they hadn't tried before. Got it. So tell me, I mean, it's classic like supply demand side. How do you sign up that dispensary, get the deliveries going? Tell me about that kind of biz dev process. For us? Yeah. Um, well, it was hard at first, right? You're this nobody uh, who has this business, you know, this idea, but there's nothing to back it up with. Um, you know, luckily, luckily we found a great partner. Um, somebody, somebody who helped us out, helped us out in the early stages. He was also in, in the early stages of his own business. So it was sort of a situation of us but both growing together. Mm -hmm. And then our second partner was actually somebody who just reached out to us uh, in December. After, I think they read, they read about us in the newspaper or something. And um, they also saw, you know, this is a great way for them to, you know, expand their volume and, and um, expand their business. You know, it's incremental revenue for them. You know, it, it is under our brand, but it, it is still revenue for them. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, just enables them to um, grow their business and that's been a really great partnership as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell me a little bit about the arrangement with them, if you will. I mean, are you, they're getting a delivery fee? What are, what are the economics look like? Yeah. So uh, right now, um, 
you as a customer, you you know, you sign up and you schedule a delivery, and then we so we send the dispensary an email, and they have an interface online that they can use to, you know, see all the deliveries that they're getting through us. And then when they deliver it to you, you you pay the driver, and so we we charge the dispensary a flat fee for each order that we send them. So it's kind of like a lead generation fee or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, can you pay with credit card? Only cash at this point. Uh, no, you can pay with credit card right now. Cool. I know there's been some little bit of controversy in the industry, like some companies require you to pay in cash, which makes it feel like kind of a criminal transaction rather than a subscription, right? Like a monthly subscription. Yeah, banking is, I mean, one of the biggest issues with this industry right now. And there's reason to be optimistic that, I mean, surely four years from now, it's not going to be an issue. But uh, for a lot of businesses, it's the most important thing. And it's their biggest pain point. Totally. Um, so you set up the drivers. You're all prepared to make deliveries. How do you get people on the platform? How do you get people to try Marvina? Um, you know, we've just sort of been experimenting. Um, we've, well, press has been great. Uh, we got a lot of press, especially around Christmas and New Year's. So that, that was really great. And then we've been experimenting with different ad, ad channels. So there's, a, there's one online ad network called Mantis, which is the only, as far as I know, it's the only cannabis-specific display network. Mm-hmm. And so if you go to like leafly.com or medicaljane.com, you, you might actually see Marvina ads today uh, if you're in the Bay Area. So that's that's one channel. We've also been advertising in um, SF Evergreen, which is a local um, cannabis, monthly cannabis newspaper. It's done by the same people who do SF Weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also just recently, actually, we started advertising on vice.com. So if, oh, you, wow. if you're in the Bay Area and if you're over 21, uh, you might see uh, some Marvina ads on vice.com. Yeah. Very cool. For those listening, it's kind of a really tricky growth situation, right? Like there, there's high amount of regulation on Twitter and Facebook. And can you do any Google? Can you do any SEO, SEM, anything like that? Not yet. No. Um, completely off limits. I mean, even if you're a vaporizer company and you've got a vaporizer that could be used for cannabis, but also could be used for tobacco, you, you can't really advertise on Google. It's unfortunate. And do any of those channels give any explanation as to why or it's just no um, I mean, it falls under their, you know, uh, illegal activity or narcotics uh, in their terms of use. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, they've just sort of avoided the tricky situation and slippery soap of defining what marijuana is legal and what's not legal. They don't they don't want to be in the business of uh, deciding what's legal and what's not. So I, I understand why a large company like Google, it's just not worth their time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So. Others that might be concerned with sort of the reputational nature of the semi-legal cannabis industry, it, talking about investment, right? Like when you go approach investors, what are kind of their major hesitations with getting involved with something like this? Well, I mean, some people have no hesitations with cannabis. Um, maybe they're just they don't understand the risks or they're being a little bit foolish. But, um, you know, there's some people, their main questions are about, you know, their own, what, you know, what's my exposure? Uh, what's my risk? Uh, what happens if, uh, you know, what happens if Chris Christie's elected? What happens to me then? And so we have to have good answers to those questions and, you know, also help, help people, you know, help these investors do their own research, um, you know, with their own lawyers or introduce them to our, our attorneys so that they can, they can talk about that. And ultimately they have to come to their own decision about the risk because while, I mean, while the situation is rapidly getting better, there is, there is a remote uh, possibility of getting uh, you know, getting in serious trouble for this. Right. Yeah. 
kind of as I've done a little research on the, on the landscape of investment, there's some that are very serious, right? And you want to talk about Peter Thiel and privateer. And then there's a range of people that, I mean, frankly, are bullshitters, right? And just are interested in weed and, and want to talk about investment. Have you found that? I mean, how much serious investment conversations have you had? Are investors are, are out there? I mean, there are. They are out there. Um, and there's more than just, um, you know, Peter Thiel. A, l- sure. a lot of them just aren't being as public about it as yep. he has. But there is also a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, irrational exuberance. And so, so for the most part, we've been trying to stay away from those from those type of conversations. Um, Wait, say that again? Say irras- that. Irrational exuberance. Okay. Unpack that. What do, what do you mean by that? Uh, I think people sort of uh, have a very, like a gold rush mentality. I mean, people talk about a green rush and... Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't they just they just see dollar signs and they see a quick exit. And, you know, we're we're trying to build a long term sustainable company, and we know that they're while this is, while this is a great market. You know, it's a huge market, it's like thirty five to forty five billion dollar market. Uh, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs over the next couple of years. There's going to be a lot of price price fluctuation, price wars. Um, break, the, you know, the regulatory uh, landscape is still uncertain, so there's there's risk there that. Certain businesses uh, will just have to adapt or just shut down. So there, I mean, while there is a lot of opportunity, there's a lot of landmines along the way. Mm. So, so we, pretty much we want trendy investors, right? Yeah, we would want an investor who would be who would be willing to stick with us on the long run and who would understand that there's going to be downs. There's going to be a lot of downs along the way. Is there some strategic, uh, you know, advisor skills that you're looking for? Somebody that has an expertise in one area that that could help you. I mean, I think that the answer to that question would be the same as, uh, you know, any uh, technology business would give to you. I mean, yes, uh, you're looking for a diversity of skills. So, you know, you want to have somebody who maybe has more operational experience or logistics experience than you do. And then you also, you know, appreciate having someone with a good mind for product as well. Because, I mean, you need both of those. You can't be completely focused on the product and forget about, you know, forget about your organization or, um you know, finance, logistics, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we are, we are looking for diversity of uh, experiences and opinions. So not necessarily experience with cannabis, but with building businesses. Yeah. Or yeah. Both. Yeah. yeah. I think that, um, you know, some experience or understanding of cannabis is a plus, but that's not a requirement. Um, I mean, like we talked about, it's not a requirement um, to be a heavy drinker to understand the alcohol industry. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. And if you, work for a wine distribution company, you're probably not hammered all day, right? Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Right. Uh, that kind of begs another interesting question. Like in pursuit of investment, I got to think that the due diligence goes down to the level of what's the culture of this company like every day. And and culture is something that gets thrown. That's a word that gets thrown around in San Francisco constantly. What's the kind of culture as you build your business that you're, that you're looking to create? Well, I mean, one of the things that we're trying to do with the business is, um, bring a new level of professionalism to the cannabis industry. I think I think one important thing to remember is that we're not going to get to full legalization without the help of people who don't themselves uh, smoke cannabis. And I think that by creating a business like this that has analogies in, you know, wine and gourmet food and coffee, it does a small part at least to help help those people while they don't consume themselves, they might be okay with their neighbor consuming. And um, so that all that all ties into the culture. And, uh, you know, just because we're a cannabis company, it doesn't mean you can be stoned all day. Mm. Um, I think, uh, obviously if you have, you know, serious, uh, medical needs and, um, you know, you can't function without cannabis because there are plenty of people who 
you know, cannabis really allows them to be a full member of society. And so, you know, something like that, obviously we would accommodate, but uh, you, know, you shouldn't be smoking the office just because you feel like it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really key issue in in moving forward the industry, right? The kind of destigmatization as well as um, this is a business, right? This isn't a bunch of people trying it's to sit just like any other business, yeah. just like any other business. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I'm super impressed with what you have built. I think it's an incredible idea. I hate it when people use analogies, but it's a birch box for cannabis, right? Which which uh, the subscription kind of model, I think a lot of cannabis users, they order on a regular basis. Absolutely, so, yeah. so why not formalize that, you know? Yeah. Um, well, thanks again for being on the program. Uh, I, I love it. You're one of the most honest founders that, that I've talked to, not okay. just for the show, but just in general. And thank you again for taking the experiment and, and uh, having being on the show as the first guest. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Everybody go to Marvina.com and sign up for your for your monthly box. Please. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Too. Thank you.